0: Chevron's Stargate podcast. I'm Chelsea. I'm Jess. And I'm Melanie. This episode we will be talking about season two, episode three, Prisoners. Before we dive in, our standard warning for spoilers and content. This episode was written by Terry Curtis Fox, so it's his first episode of three. It's directed by David Wary Smith, and it aired the 10th of July, 1998. It does feature the return of Colin Lawrence as Major Carl Warren, who we saw as the dude who shot down the Death Glider with the rocket launcher in <laughs> Children of the Gods.
1: So, <laughs> welcome back, Major Warren. <laughs> Melanie, you got a synopsis? Okay, so the synopsis is, by helping a panicked planet native, SG-1 gets into trouble and are sent to a prison planet with no way of getting out. Their chance of survival lies on an elderly woman, Linnea, Linnea. But Linnea is not who she appears to be. All right.
2: Boy, this episode. Not a lot happens. It drags a lot. And I think that's evidenced in, like, the first opening moments. We kind of bounce around a lot, and it takes us a good long while to get going. So this episode starts with the team um, kind of in the middle of a mission. They're on... Spider web. A spider web with a ginormous spider. Big old spider. In the middle of it, minding its own business. Um, it's a very like foresty, treey kind of planet. Uh and it looks like they're pretty much wrapping things up. Jack tells the team, All right, let's get out of here. Like there's nothing of value. And Daniel being Daniel, uh, puts up a bit of a protest. Says Daniel that,
0: finally made the point we've been saying for yeah. a long time, though. He's yeah. like, we've only searched, like, a couple miles from the sun. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. And Daniel basically kind of puts up a protest and says, like, we got more to see here. And Jack cuts him off and turns to Sam. Jack asks Sam, like, is there any sign of life? Is there any sign of, like, mineral activity? Is there any kind of, like, is there a sign on any of the readings that indicates there's a reason to stay? And And Sam says no. And so Jack says, no more, no more arguing. We're flagging it for aerial surveillance and we're getting out of here. And it kind of looks like as they turn and head back towards the Stargate, a mysterious man stumbles out from behind the bushes uh, and he's looking pretty bedraggled and scared. And he asks SG-1 to help. And SG-1 being SG-1 is like, all right, take it easy. We'll help you uh and he keeps saying uh Taldor Taldor is all around us Taldor is like looking for him like there's this mysterious Taldor and i like that Jack turns to Daniel after the first uh mention of Taldor as if Daniel knows what this is what this means and Daniel's like yeah, i got nothing doesn't it ring a bell <laughs> not sure don't know the language i got nothing And I kind of like this as a cold open, just because I feel like it's pretty quintessential SG-1. Like, they're minding their own business, doing their SG-1 thing. Some helpless somebody rolls through and asks for help, and they just give it. No questions asked. Uh Uh-huh. That being said, they hold on mighty tight to this guy, who we don't really get a name for, I don't think. Uh,
1: Rashnor. Rashor. Rashor? Oh. Really? Snooze to me. Snooze to me. He is
0: not credited he, in my little bookie thing. Oh, they mention him later because he's he dies in the kawoosh. Oh. And so, and so one of them says, like, he didn't... He killed him. Roshur. Roshur. I thought that was a different guy. Their names all
2: sound very similar. I mean, like, they all kind of... There's, look like like a, there's a Vishnor. Yeah, and all the prisoners look very similar.
0: Yeah. Just... Ro- Roshur or Roshur is the one who they helped.
2: Okay, so they take that guy... Very tightly, Sam and Jack have kind of I mean, uh Jack and Daniel have kind of got him on either side, helping him up slash keeping him close. Yeah, all of a sudden there's like a big beam of light, very like close encounters vibes, Uh big like alien beam upon them. Uh, and they all look up, and next thing you know, it fades to black, the light stays on them, and there's these like ominous voices. And the guy goes like Talidor now now we're told that the Tal'Dor is this omniscient body, help yeah. me, there, it, there. It,
0: yeah, I mean, we don't know that much about them yet, yeah. they're just yeah. these, like, voices. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Daniel finally remembers what oh, it is. Oh, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, Tal'Dor, yeah, Daniel goes, oh, justice, and and Jack goes, oh, like, you're just now remembering. He's like, yeah, it just came to me. Like, I, I just remembered, which will be a theme for Daniel this episode. And so basically the Tal'dors say that the guy that they're helping, Rashur. Rashur.
1: Yeah. Rashur.
2: Uh, is a prisoner of theirs. He committed a crime, murder, apparently. Uh, and that by helping him escape slash walk through the lands, SG-1 <laughs> is now also culpable uh, and they are found just as guilty as this murderer guy, and they're basically sentenced to life in prison. Much to Jack's chagrin, he is <laughs> not happy. There's a lot of sass. Uh, I like that he keeps turning to his teammates, like, anyone want to jump in here? Like, am I the only one upset here? Uh, which is true. Like, the rest of SG1 seem like pretty quiet. Jack's the one kind of sass this mysterious Taldor. Yeah. But it is to no avail. The Taldor are very firm and stubborn. uh, And they say, nope, you're going to prison. Uh, And they are sentenced to life in the prison Hedante.
1: This Mm -hmm. justice system is very flawed. Uh, Oh, yes.
2: (laughs) Very flawed. You Uh,
1: pick up this random guy and then all of a sudden, hey, you're in prison for life. But, like, isn't
2: that totally SG one? I mean, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just minding their own business. And, of course, they have to stumble into some kind of trouble. Like, good intentions and yet terrible terrible consequences mm-hmm.
0: well i also feel like they've been much more culturally tone deaf in the past and the future and not been punished nearly as hard <laughs> yeah this time and because it's like they know re- th- he just stumbled across them they had no information it's not like they were really being that helpful to him they Mm-mm. just were like not letting him collapse right if anything
2: you would think i guess if you were like in a better less confused state of mind you would spin it like We were holding him for you. He was trying to escape, (laughs) and we found him.
1: (laughs) The CSG1 wouldn't do that.
2: No, they wouldn't. (laughs) They wouldn't. Um, That's a different show, I guess.
0: I mean, they might if they knew it was a murderer. That's true. Yeah,
1: okay, that's fair.
2: But then it's like, given what we know about the Tal'Dor, how do we know that, like, that guy's, like, murderer the way we know murderer? Yeah. Like, maybe he, like, tripped and, like push someone by accident trying to catch his fall and they got bashed in the head with a rock it's like are you a murderer like maybe you're just accident prone like you know we don't know yeah. um anyways so i don't i did not write down where the credits roll did we write that right, already, then. right then great so they're going to prison credits
0: do we want to talk about what we thought about dante
2: oh yeah yeah you do it since that was your thought I go- okay. well, I'll say I googled to Dante because I thought it might have meant something and it doesn't.
0: Yeah, it didn't because I felt the same way because we don't usually get the name of a place as many times as we do in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, so I went looking in on the, on the wiki. I found that they said that there's, they, it's been speculated that perhaps it's a portmanteau of Hades being the Greek god of hell and Dante who wrote inferno mm-hmm. hell mm-hmm. so i think that'd be kind of clever we don't we have a tweet huh. in a, a dm to the yes, writer of this episode
2: we did which we spent man he's not gonna listen to this so it doesn't matter but before we started recording we spent a long time confirming that the dude we're tweeting on twitter right now is the same as the <laughs> writer so there was like in-depth research happening we're, we're professionals Um, yeah so that would be really cool if that is the case I'm gonna accept it regardless of whatever Terry says Um, so we get back from the credits which are the same as always actually they don't change until seasons 9 and 10 it's the same credits no
1: no 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 they changed they changed before that they're changing like, You're right. like six or seven or something
2: like that. You're right. I just spoke out mm-hmm. of my ass and then realized I was wrong and I was going to try and roll with it. Thank Don't you. worry, I got you. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> so we get back from the credits, which do change. And the first thing we see is everyone kind of like tumble out of the Stargate very violently, very much a throwback to our early season one Stargate exits. And when our crew and uh, Roshar uh, gets up, there's just a pair of steaming... Uh, shoes on the like altar steps, and it's very obvious that someone has been vaporized in the caboose. Yep. Uh, Jack very eloquently says, uh, summarizes the situation, and says, "Well, this sucks." <laughs> <laughs> very, yep. very, eloquent, very, very eloquent. Very point. eloquent to the point. Uh, and then. Some weird whistling starts. It's uh, real creepy. It's, it's real. real. I watched this episode outside on my patio. <laughs> I thought there was like birds in my tree.
1: Because I did not
2: remember the whistling. And I like paused the thing and was like, what is that? Um, yes. And they all kind of like all the other prisoners kind of start closing in on SG1 and they're whistling and it looks creepy. And the SG1's like kind of looking back and forth between like the weird, creepy whistling people, and the smoke and shoes on the altar, and there's this guy uh, who does get a name. Vishnor Vishnur. No. The other one. The other one. The weasel. I'm gonna call him weasel. There's like <laughs> weasel. I thought he had a name, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Does, does, you can call him weasel. That's
2: fine. I mean, like oh, he, I
1: think it's just scavenger.
2: Scavenger. Yeah, He's he um, not named. He's not. Uh, named. I like weasel better. Okay.
0: Yeah, weasel. Good.
2: Okay, so the weasel shows up and he kind of dodges out from behind the stargate and steals the shoes and kind of claims them as his own and kind of runs away. Sam, for some reason, decides that's the guy we got to talk to. And starts, like, following him into the sea of weird whistling prisoners. It's not Sam's best decision-making episode. <laughs> There's not a lot of decision-making throughout no, the whole episode
0: no, at all. So. No. No, but Sam has some Sam in particular, in
2: yeah. So this is her first weird doozy. Uh, she kind of, like, runs after him into the crowd and, like, tries to touch his arm and says, hey, we just want to talk to you, which I didn't get any indication of. I don't think SG-1 does want to talk to him, but... <laughs> Sam has decided SG-1 to talk to him. <laughs> basically, the guy runs away, but as Sam is, like, chasing this guy, Vishnor, who was our big, like, burly, physical, big, tough guy kind of prison archetype c- character, shows up and grabs Sam from behind in, like, a vice grip, basically, and, like, picks her up off the floor, which is just rude. The first rule of SG-1 is we don't touch Samantha Carter. Mm-hmm. And Sam fights. She, like, headbutts him in the, like tosses her head back and draws blood but he doesn't let go um and then all of a sudden like the seas part and uh we get our first introduction to linnea and she basically tells him vishnor put uh, put the woman down or whatever and it's an interesting first glance at linnea there's a lot of like power dynamics happening like it's a very chaotic situation sg1 just showed up uh, and then all of a sudden, uh there's chaos and fighting. And then Linnea shows up and calms everything down. And she takes Sam under her protection. And Linnea says uh, she will not be taken by any man. To which Sam is like, hey, hey, I can take care of myself. To which Linnea says, listen, I've been a woman in Hedante. Trust me. Like, you you want my protection.
0: It's like, Sam, I'm all for sticking up for yourself mm-hmm. and self-empowerment, but... No, let's, let's go ahead and accept mm-hmm. the protection this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Especially because that is literally the only woman we see is Linnea and Sam. I don't see another woman in, like, the extras crowd at all. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, has its own implications. It's kind of dark. It's a dark episode. Both it's dark. It's dark. Like, physically, like, the lighting is dark. Mm-hmm. Like, the, oh, yeah, side note, the prison is underground, which as we kind of, like, go through the prison during these first few moments, you see lots of roots and you see lots of like it's dirty and it's like low ceilings and you kind of get the sense that you're underground, which does get later confirmed by Linnea. But yeah, the sets, which it's not that interesting. Nah, well, might as well. Okay. So on the illustrated companion, and the only reason I'm going to bring this up is because I did note that I thought the sets looked cool and it reminded me a lot. You know, I feel like uh, if we had a podcast drinking game, every time that i referenced it reminded me of xena that should be one of them (laughs) (laughs) but it reminded me of this episode of xena where they're like in a prison and like those like dirt floors plus like that 90s lighting i just had strong xena vibes but um the illustrated companion says that the sets was like the biggest pain in the butt for like the whole episode they built the whole underground dark, dirty set on the soundstage because it ended up taking about three or four weeks to get all the dirt out of everything. Oh, um, oh my God. Yeah. Um, it got in the lights. It got in the machinery. The whole place was filthy. They used dry dirt when they could. Um, I'm sorry. They used dry dirt when they should have used mud so it would stick to stuff. But it, because it was dust, every time anyone took a step, it would kick up clouds of it everywhere. Um, They built the set on one of the backup sound stages. The ceiling in that backup sound stage was too low, so the stargate didn't fit properly. So the gate had to be put in on an angle, so it was leaning over, because that was the only way it would fit. (laughs) Yeah, so the set was kind of an issue, but I did think it looked really cool.
0: Yeah, it turned out pretty well.
2: Anyways, so back to our episode. So SG-1 decides that they need a way home. Like, they obviously can't be stuck in prison forever, Linnea kind of leaves them, by the way. is like, yes. these homies are with me. No one touched them. Deuces. Like, uh-huh. she does not hang around to, like, make small talk with SG-1. And so SG-1 basically says, all right, here's what we need. Daniel says uh, a dial-home
0: device. Uh-huh.
2: To which Jack's like, great. Assuming we don't find one of those because we're <laughs> in prison, what else do we need? And Sam says, we need a power source. Um, they can dial the gate manually. they will get out of here. No problem.
0: Which, Which we've seen before and yes. The tantalus.
2: Yes. So there is precedent for this manual dialing. Precedent for the way they actually end up doing it? Not so much. We'll get there.
1: Yeah, I have questions. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> lots lots of questions. Lots of questions. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, at that point, Jack tells Tilk to take point and to look scary. Which Do you Teal'c, want to clip? Yeah.
1: Tilk, look scary and take point.
2: Which I just like thought was funny because it was just, like, all of the – like, the first 15 minutes is really just establishing, like, prison archetypes. Like, okay, we need a way out. That's, like, the head bitch in charge. Like, I don't mean that in a pejorative way. I just mean that in, like, a prison way. And then, like, we've got, like, our big physical guy in Vishnor. We've got our weaselly guy who's looking to get protection any way he can. Like, we're just establishing all these, like, archetypes, basically.
1: You know who that weasel guy reminds me of? Hmm. Sorry, this is completely random. Did y'all ever watch Recess as kids? Yes, that P- reminds me of the what is his name? Um,
2: ah, um, the weird guy Ra- with like Ra- the Rand- Randall? the hunched. I think Randall. Randall sounds right. That weird yes. hunched guy who's always telling the teacher.
1: Yeah, he always snitches on the te- like snitches on them. It's Did Randall. Randall is that, is, that, is that what I said? Yeah. Yeah, that is. yeah, yes yeah yes Here reminds is me of randall. strong randall vibes well now it's
2: like okay if sg were marisa's characters
1: oh jack would be tj no doubt
2: jack would be tj uh teal'c would be who's the um big what's his name not gus is that his name the big guy with the belly
1: yeah yeah Gus. yeah it's gus
2: and then yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go on down this rabbit
0: hole.
1: <laughs>
2: okay, we'll be here. That's a whole other AU. Okay, so SG1 is kind of going through Hidante, and Daniel says that it reminds him of Botany Bay, which I had which I was like on my way to looking up when they then very thoughtfully explained it for me in the episode, um, which is the old name for the Sydney Harbor uh prison.
1: Well, it's it's where the English used to send their prisoners when they ran out of space in their prisons. That's yeah. how Australia got populated with yes. white prisoners. Them. Well, with white people. With, 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 white, with people. white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, excuse me. Yes, Chelsea, I'm sorry. <laughs> with white people. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like an overflow prison. And it kind of, like, as we're, SG-1's kind of, like, winding their way through and trying to get, the, like, the lay of the land, you're getting more and more of this, like, set. So you see these, like, big roots, and you're, you're really now feeling, like, dark and kind of claustrophobic, and, like, the set's really well done. And so they kind of come across the weasel guy who's carrying a dead body, <laughs> and he kind of like offers the dead body to Sam up like a gift, like for Hugh, and and, and Sam's like oh, I'm all right, uh, thanks but no thanks, and he like rips like this like necklace thing off the dead body and like extends it out to her as like a secondary gift, like you're sure, and and Sam says. No, thank you. I'm all right. Like she's like literally puts her hand up and is like, no, I'm good. (laughs) Uh, And the weasel guy kind of turns to Teal and is like, hey, you're a big, scary looking guy. And Vishnor is a big, scary looking guy. And I bet if you challenge Vishnor, you'd be the new top dog around here. And, you know, you can maybe protect me. And then Jack goes, "Mm, maybe not. Like, (laughs) like, I, I don't think so. So you're kind of, again, getting those, like, very typical, like, prison scenarios. Like, you got, like, the weasel guy looking for protection, basically. And he has a feeling that SG-1 is, like, the new hot kid on the block.
1: I mean, they are the new hot kid on the block.
2: Yeah. Well, like, the new hot kid on the block who can also, like, kick ass and survive and maybe protect tiny little weasels. hmm And so the weasel, Jack tells the weasel to scram. And then he starts pairing the team off. So <clears throat> Jack and Sam get paired together. Now, I have a theory about this, but hang on. So, Jack and Sam get paired off. They're going to go talk to Linnea, which Jack, like, doesn't remember her name and has to ask Sam, like, prompt Sam for Linnea's name, which I thought was, like, such a merry moment. And then he pairs off Daniel and Teal'c and says, hey, keep sniffing around. Like, see what you can figure out. Like, where are we? Get some, like, perspective. I think Jack paired himself off with Sam to protect her.
0: Possibly. I thought it, I thought it was because he wanted to go talk to Linnea and Linnea had shown an interest in Sam. Ooh. And so he knew that Sam was probably the best person to go talk to her. Both. Yeah. Por qué no
2: los dos? <laughs> Por qué no los dos. Yeah. say. Sí, See. Sí, sí, sí. sí. But before Daniel leaves to go like scout out the rest of the prison, Jack stops him and just takes his glasses off and just says, trust me, like, you don't want these in here. A weakness in prison is not a good thing.
0: Yeah. Which, okay, just, I'm going to state it. For people who do ship Daniel and Jack, if Jack had pulled glasses off of Sam's face fair. and tucked them into her pocket That's on her fair. jacket, mm-hmm. you'd be like, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I get it. It was pretty sweet and tender.
2: Yes. I will say, like, the... I think I thought this on another episode. The early seasons, I definitely get why Jack and Daniel Shippers exist. There does hit a point where I'm like, "Mm -mm, you can't, you can't. But like those early episodes, I get it. Like, I totally get it.
0: But yeah, so this is clue one that Jack has experience in prison.
2: Yes. Yes. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep.
2: Going back. Because we get a little bit of Jack and Sam. Walking in the hallway to Ward's Uh And Sam's kind of worried. And Jack says, hey, like, don't sweat it. Like, Hammond's going to send a rescue team after us once they realize we've missed our check-in point. Like, our check-in time. Which I guess kind of shows that we have some established protocols now for what happens. Yes, then we go to the SGC. And basically, it's just, wow, they missed their check-in.
0: SG3 is coming back from looking for them.
2: Yes. It's a very short scene.
0: Yeah, that's it. They come yeah. back and they're like, nope. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and like, no. I, think, I think there's like a picture, like a little frame of Hammond looking like concerned. Yeah. Uh, then we kind of like flip back to the prison and it's Sam and Jack and Linnea's like little bungalow section of the <laughs> prison. Lair. It's like, yeah, her lair. Uh, it's real nice in there. Like for a prison, she's got like shelves and like beakers and like she's she's got kind of it pretty good in there. Uh huh. Uh, and Linnea's first words to them are like, do you intend to challenge me? Basically. Like, I think that's Linnea's way of getting a grasp on if SG1 is a threat. Mm-hmm. Like, what does she have to worry about them? Are they allies? What's the deal? And she basically says that the Stargate's the only way in or out of the prison. There's no other way. And they kind of, she implies that like, like Sam, uh, there's a, I wrote my notes out of order because I realized I was taking bad notes and then panicked. So they're out of order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's basically a conversation in which Sam and Jack say, like, the dude who died out on the kaboosh, like, he didn't like ride the wave like Linnea thinks to freedom. He's dead. Like, there's no, there's no riding the wave. You're just dead. Uh, and Linnea is kind of cold and is like, look, if they think, if that's what they think, Is going to happen. Who am I to say that it isn't? So she seemed a little indifferent. Like, she's not really that bothered that people are killing themselves
0: trying to escape. I think she probably already knew that.
2: Oh, totally. I agree. Yeah, because she kind of plays it like that's news to her. But Mm -hmm. yeah, she seemed to to know. Um, I mean,
0: she hasn't tried it yet.
2: Right. Right. And yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) And so Sam and Jack basically say like, They know how the Stargate works, and they need power, a huge amount of power to dial it. And to that, Linnea says,
1: There are many forms of power, my dear, some more subtle than others. For the moment, we just need the electrical kind.
2: (laughs) Which I love. I really like that line, because I like that Linnea directed it towards Sam. Like, it just feels like there's a lot of layers there. It's like, hey, there's like... Electrical power, like you're asking. There's like power, power, like you're in charge. Then there felt like that like femininity power of like, oh, I'm just a woman. Like, oh, what could I, you know? I'm just gonna keep doing this hand gesture. you're doing that hand, hand gesture. <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. It was just happening. <laughs> Yes, you know, this one. <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. Totally um. works on a podcast. Too.
2: <laughs> just envision a hand gesture. <laughs> um so yeah, I just really like that line and I also think it like really intrigues you as a viewer. Like that drew me into Linnea as a character. Like, who is she? What is she seeing? What's her deal? That's some wise words about power. A fellow Slytherin, I see.
1: Mm-hmm. It made me think that she's used all those kind of types of powers before.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That it's that one where it's like some more subtle than others makes me just kind of second glance there. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the end of the scene. They go back to SGC and I'm done recapping.
1: <laughs> I'm done recapping. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we open back up <clears throat> at the SGC. We open to Hammond with SG3 in the briefing room. Uh, SG3 hands... Uh, Hammond their weapons and their GEOS, saying that the told told them, Taldor Taldor, uh, basically just gave their guns and GDOs back with no if ants or butts really. They just said SG one went to prison and um, they aren't coming back mm-hmm. basically. And then let me go back. Okay, so Major Warren
0: says like I'm we're gonna go back right like I'm gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna go get them and. Mm-hmm. Hammond says, no, this sounds like more of a diplomatic problem. So we're mm-hmm. going to send SG-9, who is apparently their diplomatic unit that they send. Mm-hmm. And they're actually pretty consistent with that in the future. They're like, that's the team they send to help set up diplomatic type things. Yeah. And but- then we're the prison. Then
1: go back. And now we go back to the prison. And Linnea is showing Sam and Jack her act- Her." Activators? Activators. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says act- another awesome heat thing here, though, before this, which I
0: really liked. Hang on, sorry. Yes,
2: me too. I've long believed that the best way
1: to get knowledge is to give it.
0: Mm-hmm. Y'all, Linnea is she's
2: wasted in give- this episode.
0: Well, she's going to she give us wasted bit. in the future, too. She's so she is wasted she is in the future. I really, I do want to focus on this episode and talking about her. Yeah. But... But even like it almost the future makes it worse. I, yeah,
2: just don't think about it. Uh-huh. Lene <laughs> is way she, cooler here.
1: <laughs> she does give, so you have to think about that. She does give a little bit uh-huh. to get out, and then she gets a lot in return. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm going forward. So she uses the activators on some sort of mineral in the ground, it's like a root. It's like a root mineral, right? It has, like, minerals in it. It's kind of like a nest.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's very (laughs) conveniently in rope shape sometimes. Yeah, of
1: course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and she she just has it in her little area. Uh I felt like something out of, like, Labyrinth
0: or something Mm -hmm. a little bit.
2: (laughs) Yes, that's true. This also, to me – oh, God, I really hope this writer – we shouldn't have tweeted him.
0: (laughs) This, to me – We didn't even tell him we were doing a podcast.
2: Well, it's from my podcast oh, it's from account. account.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to me, this is like the kind of sci fi writing that someone who doesn't have like a science background writes sci fi about. Where uh-huh. it's like, there's a nest and there's activators and there's power. Like, it's all just very like, it's convenient. Like, it's convenient and vague and just sciencey enough to make you like buy it. But like you <laughs> poke once, you're like, ah, oh, no, there's nothing here. This isn't actually like, it's not in hard
1: science. Then she's showing Sam this, and Sam looks at Jack and says, it's, or says that she's basically showing them organically based cold fusion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know what cold fusion is. Y'all apparently googled it. We both researched before this yeah, because
2: but- it sounded like bullshit. And I, one thing I know about fusion is that it's like a huge. Like, it's it's a big deal, like nuclear fusion or like,
1: right. you know what yeah. I mean, or
2: atomic fusion or whatever it's called. I was like, that's like a big thing. I don't know. This seems not right.
0: Yeah. So you're right. A fusion reaction, the as we know it, is a nuclear bomb. That, yeah. That's a fusion mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. It's like what powers the sun. <laughs> <laughs> but cold, so cold fusion is sort of this thing that people have been trying to obtain, which is... So fusion at its core is the is putting two is putting molecules not molecules atoms together
2: pushing them pushing them together like,
0: and then it gives off a ton of energy so you t- mm-hmm. usually it's like you take two hydrogen molecules you get them to jam together and then it gives off a, a ton of energy and you get a helium out of it but it, traditionally it you you have to put a lot of energy in to get them to do that so usually you're using fission So like plutonium to give you the energy to create the fusion. So the idea is we want to try and create a fusion reaction that's sort of self-powered and self-contained so that you're not having to do create, do a fission reaction. So breaking an, uh, an atom in, in apart in order to give it the energy to do its thing. And this could occur at more manageable temperatures. And if you could harness the power from it. Then you could have pretty safe nuclear power, basically. Mm-hmm. But as of yet, it we ha- we we can't do it. It's any any we have some ways of sort of doing it. We have like huon assisted fusion. But the problem with most of the ways we have of doing any type of se- sort of cold fusion is that we're still putting more energy into it than we're getting out. Right. This has been Physics Hour
2: with Chelsea. it also like to me baffles my mind that like this is a technology that we don't fully understand or have a capability to do on earth and this is 1998 they're in a prison this lady witch lady has just pulled out some roots and has dropped something called activators
0: and basics in and sam turns to jack and is like wow it's cold fusion well so the way that she describes it though is true to fusions because so she says right. the basics because so when she says basics she's re- referring to sub to atoms subatomic, and subatomic. To atoms. Yeah. Atoms. Yeah. yeah and so when she says that this the activator spirits the basics to come together is basically what she says so what she's describing is a fusion reaction right and it's happening at room temperature which would make it cold fusion right and so it Is technically cold fusion. Now, granted, it's nonsense. We can give them that, okay, maybe in this sci-fi world, like, she does have a thing that she can drop on a root, and it (laughs) makes a, a fusion reaction happen. And it just happens that
2: that root with the chemicals she had in this one prison, all very conveniently... Like, did she pack a bag
0: from prison know. they took all of sg1 stuff where'd her beakers come from <laughs> I like i was gonna say do they have silica? like <laughs> is she melting sand to make glass like how are we doing glass blowing in yeah. this prison what's going on
2: yeah i also like dude huge shout out to how smart sam is for being able to like piece together this like nonsense science like not nonsense science but like different terminology different like Phrasing and piece together and translating it to like her science, like that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then explaining it to Jack, who was looking under the table while the nest was glowing as if there was like a secret, <laughs> a secret light underneath, like it's a magic
0: show. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Like, that is what he was doing, right? <laughs> yeah, but you have to think that's 100% Richard Dean Anderson. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> like, checking out the set
2: props. Like, wow, they did that. And they just cuts it in.
0: <laughs> well, it's also the very, like, cynical, realist part of Jack of, like, oh, she's yeah. going to do this stuff and try and convince mm-hmm. us that she has access to this power that we could use. I want to make sure that it's not a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, him, him looking
2: at the table, I was in stitches. Like my, my neighbor was on the patio next to me and she was having a cigarette and she can't see me. So it's just like a wall dividing us. And I can only imagine what she thought I was listening to. Activators and roots and molecules okay. and sir, it's cold fusion. And then I just erupt into <laughs> laughter. So I'm going to make friends with my neighbor. Anyway, so Jack is not impressed with the magic show. Carry on. <laughs>
1: So then she basically te- techno babbles about how it relates to their science and versus her science and tries to explain it to Jack, and Jack has no interest in learning. Like, it's just it's Jack. Well, he just mm-hmm. wants to
0: know if it'll power the science. He, just wants, to know, yeah, yeah, he yeah. just wants to know if it'll work. Yeah. Um, which is fair. Yeah. Um, That's really the only relevant information.
1: Yeah. And so, and then basically they strike a deal uh, with Linnea mm-hmm. if they can have. If they can use her power source, they will let her come with them. Which, let's talk about, like, I don't know. I just didn't feel like that was, like, a jack move. I don't know. It's their their only option, right? Yeah. I know, but... I really bought... I bought them
2: bringing her back. Mm -hmm. Because to me, it's like, all right, bring her back, set her loose, we're set. I don't buy what happened once... Yeah, later. We, we
0: can get to that. We can get to that but later. But I, th- I
2: think at this point, like, it's kind of like what Linnea said. Like, you got to give a little knowledge to get a little knowledge. And, I'm like, this is the same thing. You got to give a little get a little. And, like, this is the price to pay.
0: And they have That's... nothing
1: else to offer her.
2: Yeah. Like, what else? yeah.
1: Right, right, right. I understand that. But they offer this without knowing anything about this person. They don't know why she's there. They don't know. I I, I just. They do ask her, like, later. Come on. Later. Yeah, right. I know. They've they they already offered it. They've already offered this. They well, could offer it, but it's not
0: finalized. Right. right. They didn't like shake on it.
1: Yet. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And know. Linnea just, also hasn't agreed.
0: She doesn't agree. I know. Yeah. I know. I
2: just. It's I no, know. To me, it's no mm-hmm. different than some random man stumbling out of the woods and then being like, we'll help you. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the same thing. Like, they ended up helping a murderer. <laughs>
1: Uh, you just kind of
2: roll with the punches. <laughs> I
1: just feel like this whole episode is just like a real, like, yeah. yeah. Anyway, No, um, I, I
0: mean, I don't, I don't just disagree. Because you would make the argument, oh, Linnea can be like, what? I can just power up the Stargate. and, But so what Linnea says is there's too many permutations. So clearly she's considered this before right. of like, maybe right. I can make it dial. But especially dialing manually, if you were trying to just pick Right, a, permuta- a permutation to go somewhere you would never be able to, and they are basically like, "Well, we might know some of the right answers."
2: And Jack, being a very proud boyfriend, I mean Colonel, <laughs> and saying like, "Actually, she figured it out." And like Sam, being all modest, of like, "Well, actually, it was a team." And then it was like, "No, just take the credit, dude." Like, it's fine. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but I like that Jack took the time to be like, actually, she figured it out. Like, <laughs> uh,
1: So then we cut from that scene to Teal'c, who is holding a man up against the wall. Just uh, choking, choking him, him basically. <laughs> yes. Um, and he just states, hey, you know, if you come after my friends again, I won't be so nice next time. Mm-hmm. So please don't come after us again. Um, let's the guy go. The guy runs off in fear. Jack asks Daniel what they found. <laughs>
2: Like, what did they learn?
1: And Daniel's kind of like, uh, nothing, really? He, Daniel
2: says that he found out it was an alien gate terminal and that it was roughly, like, here 15,000 years ago. And then he goes, which, none of that is useful.
0: <laughs> but it is really interesting because that would predate, like, civilization
1: on Earth. Oh, yeah. D- oh, but Daniel says that, sorry. Yeah.
0: Yeah, which is just interesting because most of the people we've seen we know that they were brought to their planet from earth after human civilization existed on earth so the fact that this place existed before human civilization existed on earth uh points to the fact that perhaps it was not a human
2: it's also interesting i thought like the whole episode they kind of dangled this like mystery surrounding hedante like Okay, it's this old alien gate terminal. It's insanely old. Linnea has some lines later about how, like, I don't remember what it is now. But, like, Linnea talks about Hadante itself and how, like, it's an unusual place or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, we don't really get any payoff about the prison. Like, there's lots of these little, like, breadcrumbs that don't really lead anywhere. We're just kind of given some random info.
0: Mm-hmm. And how are any of them getting – they're not getting any sunlight and they should all have rickets.
2: Yeah, maybe that sludge that they're eating is like super vitamin packed. Yeah, sorry, go ahead, Mel.
1: Uh, The next one I have is Daniel makes a wisecrack about being in prison. Yeah like to talk to uh, about being a Well, person. first we get why they because
0: Daniel brings up the point you just brought up, which is, because they're like, hey, Linnea will help us if we take her with us, and oh, Daniel's yeah. like, she's in uh, prison. Ah, yes, yes. We can't just take, like, we don't know anything about her. So To Daniel, which
2: Sam very coyly counters, like, we're in prison.
0: Yeah, so then we get this, this, which I think Sam makes a good point here.
1: What are we in here for? Jaywalking, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that feels like uh, a Virginine Anderson ad-lib.
0: <laughs> well, but it, oh, it yeah. Because they were, so they're arrested for abetting a murderer, but also for trespassing on ancient grounds for having weapons. Yep. So sort of functionally, they're in prison for jay <laughs>
2: <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Sam makes a good counterpoint about trusting Linnea. And I don't think, to also be fair, I don't think they like fully trust Linnea either. Like at this point, I think they're like, there's something we're willing to give. We're cool with it. The trusting part does come later, but I think at this point,
0: well, and then also it could have been a very early on manipulation from Linnea. Like she saw this true. group, and they were different because the first thing she does is protect Carter. Yeah, it's, it's the true. Very first, so that's a good way to earn their trust a little bit too. Of like, here's this woman who's in charge, and the and she took she made sure Sam was safe, which for the whole team would be a big selling point. Of all right, she can't be. That
2: bad. And Linnea does it without losing any standing with Vishnor either. So Linnea's getting like a win win win. Win 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 win. Linnea makes out great in this episode. She, in the game of Hedante, you lie or you win. I don't know.
1: (laughs) You tried. (laughs) You tried. Get coerced. She's on the
2: throne. (laughs) Okay.
1: Yes, Uh, I did. Then Daniel makes a watch crack about Jack being in prison, and then Jack. Pauses for a second and then goes, Yeah, I've been in prison. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. you didn't Can we talk about how
0: tone-deaf it was for Daniel to yeah. to yes. say that the way he did? Boy. I, Cause, Cause Jack Daniel says something knows. that clearly indicates a knowledge of yeah, prison. Mm-hmm. And is and is like, you've never been in prison. And Daniel's like, yeah, like you have. Oh. Like, dude, think yeah. for a second. Yeah. It's also like, doesn't Daniel a like guy he mentions being left behind. Left behind. In solitude. Yes.
2: Yeah. So maybe there's been like vague references. But yeah, I feel like Jack's at least dropped enough hints in this particular episode with the glasses thing and like how comfortable he is like moving around prison. Oh, and there's that scene back on in my section where like the weasel guy, there's like a storm of people who kind of come through and like jostle them and like Jack like takes them and like really kind of. Throws him to the ground and tells him like get and like gets rough. So like, there's enough indicators.
1: Well, he also yeah, so venomous. in the same scene he talks about how they're like how prison has its own set of rules. So like, so like mm-hmm. even if Linnea, you know is in charge or whatever, and that because Teal'c said like that he saw he saw respect. He thinks the prisoners respect Linnea, whereas Daniel saw the prisoners and says that they he sees fear in them instead of respect. And then Jack goes, well, prison has her own set of rules. Like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. why they, you know, fear her or respect her. Like she's still alpha dog. Like there's no if, answer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Th- that's what I'm saying. Cause usually Daniel's supposed to be good at like picking up on subtext and understanding people. And it's like Jack is basically telling you right here, like, I know how prison works. <laughs> like that I've done this before. And then, and like what kind of person. Especially Jack isn't the false bravado kind of guy. Jack wouldn't say, Mm -hmm. well, you've never been to prison if he himself hadn't been to prison.
2: Right. Can I tangent and just say I really hate when people speak dialogue out loud. That's like, I saw X emotion in their eyes. (laughs) I can't stand it. I love reading it in like thick and books. I love when a character's like, oh, they saw X emotion in their eyes. When they say it out loud, it makes me cringe so hard. When Daniel goes, I saw fear in their eyes. I just, I can't.
1: That's
2: just are a you pet an omniscient narrator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's an impl- impl- implication. Like, don't tell me what you saw. I, I mean, can't say it. I hate it. see it, too. Anyways. Exactly. 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 I got it. I saw it. I'll decide what I see in their eyes. Don't you tell me. Sorry. It just, just, it absolutely drives me bonkers, and it made me cringe so hard when Daniel says it. So,
1: after we get that little reveal that Jack's been in prison, uh, the gate activates, and you see the koosh come through. And, like, all the prisoners kind of come forward, and they bring, like, this little trough, because that means the food is coming through the gate. And uh, as they're walking by, Vishnora looks at Sam and Jack and says, that they'll eat last. Mm-hmm. Which is, yeah, presents right. got rules. <laughs> um, and so then we come back to where they have the trough set up. The food comes through. Uh, Let let. <laughs> so, so gross. It's <laughs> so Len gross. Han comes through, hands her cup to Vishnuar. Vishnuar does her cut her bowl first, gives the bowl back. Then everybody like scrounges upon this trough and like basically yeah. like feral cats trying to get the last scrap of meat. Yep. Then Sam and Jack and Daniel and Teal call go up there together and watch Weasel Man eat his. And then the Weasel Man gives him their bowl Mm -hmm. and Jack dips his fingers in there. And it just looks like... (sighs) Yeah. Goop.
0: It looks like really loose, gross oatmeal, sort of. Yeah.
1: But also like
2: bluey, gray It it reminds me of the blue milk
1: from Star Wars. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something like that, yeah. yeah.
2: And like their faces too are not indicating oh, that no. they're enjoying like he's, it.
1: Like Jack even smelled it and like his face like went way back. Exactly. It. Um.
2: I feel like Jack's pretty in, like inflappable, and if you make him.
1: Oh, I'm sure he'd eat anything. I think. I, I think oh. He'll eat whatever yeah. he needs to eat to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will. What? <laughs> Why did you say that like that?
2: Because he'll eat anything.
0: Oh gosh. <laughs> My brain had not gone there. <laughs> Mine did neither. <laughs>
2: Brain's t- always t- t- there. Just
1: like, don't eat anything. Mm-hmm.
2: To be fair, like, the biggest thing on my notes is just fingers in all caps because Jack. Oh, because he's yeah.
1: licking his fingers. Grabs
2: I, two fingers. I'm just
1: going to say that I've made that gift for you before.
2: Yes, you have. It's saved Never on my work. phone for my <laughs> own uses. Matt.
0: Like oh, that. I heard you wrong. I heard you wrong.
2: <laughs> Not like that. Just when we're talking. Not in any other particular way. Anyways, Jack's fingers. He likes to eat. We're here.
0: I have to make sure my mother in law doesn't listen to this podcast.
2: Look, if we give an explicit content warning, I'm delivering. No, I don't have a
0: problem with it. I certainly enjoy it. <laughs> I but just want to make
1: sure my mother loves it. <laughs> Oh my god.
0: I do love that gift that oh Malia has made. Because he
1: looks much. I was His wheezing, dude. I like...
2: wheezed. You made me wheeze laugh. <laughs> you make me wheezed. It's like you made me eat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, I do want want to mention, Chelsea's trying
2: very valiantly to get (laughs) us back on track. Remember
1: how we talked about- My cheeks hurt. Remember Remember how we talked about how good we've been doing, and now we just, like, totally jinxed (laughs) ourselves,
0: you guys. That's quality
2: podcasting. It
0: is. It is. It's great. Okay this is why the right. people come to our podcast. <laughs> That's I, right. I was going to say that so before the this the gate dialed up with the gross food, uh Jack had basically given Carter the impossible task of making the the roots s- somehow power the stargate mm-hmm. and told Daniel to pick a non-earth address for them to go to since they don't have their GDOs. Yeah. Which I like that they set this up a little earlier because it implies like that they're going to be thoughtful about where that first of all, that that is a reasonable thing to do is like go to a different planet and then figure out what to do from there. Mm-hmm. But that there's also some thought of like, which is going to be the best one to dial manually? Right. Because right. there are, you know, anyone who's ever had to do a combination lock knows that there are better, <laughs> easier ones mm-hmm. to do. Well, and like, not only
2: like where can they go, but they don't have their GDOs. So where can they go that they can also rendezvous with someone who knows them and can get them home, because otherwise they're not going to get back through Earth. Right. Back through to Earth. Yep. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Then we go back to the SGC. Mm -hmm. And SG-9 comes back, or Major Kolbyshek comes back, and is talking to General Hammond, and says that SG-1 broke the law. Um, We don't have to agree with it, but we have to respect it. Which is fair.
2: Yeah, and he kind of, like, references, like, Stuff. I don't think it's fair, but, like, he references stuff like Earth, like, we still punish people who help break the law, regardless of intent. Like, not to this extent,
0: but
1: that's that's, that's the rationale. They wouldn't. They They would
0: not. No, no, no. no. They said they still punish, but not to that extent. We said we don't punish people for unknowingly abetting criminals. Maybe I misinterpreted that conversation. I heard that we
2: would still... But just not to that extent. No, if
1: it, if it's unknowingly harbor a, fug- a fugitive like that, we won't prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. Whereas, but you might.
0: We would we would prosecute if you knowingly abetted a criminal. It, it, I guess then it becomes hard to tell whether it's knowingly or unknowingly. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> officer, I swear
2: I had no idea. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, we find find out that the, that the Talgor believe in zero tolerance um, mm-hmm. of crime at all, which is why the why their planet basically has zero crime which mm-hmm. is fascinating but I mean also I mean I wouldn't want to be sent to prison for the rest of my life if I stole, stole a loaf of bread like that's ridiculous yeah isn't there like a line he says after zero tolerance
2: and that there's
0: no crime and then he's like but he says there's no appeals there's zero tolerance there's no appeals and all crimes are a life in prison yes. um that's what it was but they have very little crime on in there jurisdiction which seems to maybe be multiple planets or
1: i was they they refer to them as island states like island island states like i assume maybe like either on the planet or they have like multiple little planets maybe
2: Mm.
0: yeah
1: i'm not
2: not sure oh he says on our world unknowingly abetting a criminal doesn't merit this kind of punishment Which, to me, implies there may still be punishment. Well, I mean, you'll
1: get some sort of punishment, but, I mean, it's not going to be, like, life in prison. Yeah.
2: Life in prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was now, my point. Now, if you knowingly a bed. Right. Yeah. And, then, right. Ab- yeah. and then they say, Talador is a judicial body, and they believe in zero tolerance, religiously, no appeals, essentially a single sentence, life in prison for all offenses.
0: It's like the 100, but it, then all, all crimes are death. Oh! That's what
2: I was looking for. Kovacek says, um, Hammond says, that doesn't sound like justice to me, and Kovacek says... Perhaps not, sir, but the fact is they have virtually no crime, just crimes of passion and sometimes the occasional sociopath. That's what I was thinking of.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. And then he wants to go back. No, he doesn't want to Major go back.
0: Warren does. Major Warren does.
1: Warren wants to go back, <clears throat> taking his men, and um, Kovacek says that force isn't the answer in this situation. Only diplomacy will prevail, basically, is what I got from that. Um, mm-hmm. Because because they're outmatched, yeah. their technology is more advanced. Yeah. Man, story of Earth's life. Yeah, for a long time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So then Hammond says that SG-3 has another mission to go to the next morning, so they need to go ready up for that. And he sends SG-9 back to Taldor. The Taldor. I don't know what the planet's called. He's going to go with them. And he's going to go with yeah. him. Papa Hammond's going to go like Yeah, through the gate. Suiting up. yeah. For the first time, I believe.
2: Yep, this yes. is the first time. Mm-hmm.
1: So then we cut... Back to the planet, or back to the prison, and uh, Linia is put is basically making her food taste better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sam comes in. Is it her food? I thought it was her water. It was. It her was food. her food. I'm oh my shocked. gosh!
2: I thought she said about like the unfiltered stuff, but now you say it. It makes sense that it's the food. I'm so stupid.
1: You could think either way because the, the scene oh, She was at like the, the water fountain. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she puts water in it and puts some of her little chemicals in it I and it makes know. it taste better. Who knows? More activators. <laughs> you know, every time I think of activator, I think of slime activator because Emilio makes slime all the time. So you have to have activator to do it. <laughs> so when you say activator, I'm like, why are you making slime? Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's a fun quarantine activity. Yeah, she, Dude, she... Oh, hang on. I'll get, back, I'll get to that in a minute after we're done. Sam comes in, basically, and is going to, like, slightly interrogate her. Like, like, kind of softly interrogate her. But Linnea mm-hmm. picks up on it and is kind of like, so you came to ask me about my crime. <laughs>
2: she, like, does not pull a punch. <laughs> She's like, uh-huh. I got you. I know what you're here
1: for. And so Sam's kind of like, yeah, I did. And Linnea says that it was an experiment that went tragically wrong thousands of people died and okay so okay so someone brought her in to uh help with this experiment and instead of inhibiting the experiment uh, her solution uh accelerated, accelerated the, the process plague. thank you the p- the plague that the plague.
2: was people. yeah her medicine instead of helping just
1: it sped it up sped it and up, spread yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it made it worse Linnea has uh, decided to take them up on their offer. She's going to give them the uh, the power that they need to power the Stargate and they will take her back to Earth. I also think it's
0: worth pointing out here that Carter kind of draws the conclusion of Linnea was innocent. innocent. Like she didn't deserve to come here. And Linnea tells her straight up, she says, I'm not innocent. Like, don't think of me as yeah. innocent. And so- Carter,
2: Carter supplies her own, oh, you mean you take responsibility. Like, mm-hmm. Linnea says, I'm, I'm not innocent. And Carter, like, mentally, it's like, oh, because you take responsibility? And it's like, oh my god, Sam, this is not the time to see the best in people. <laughs>
1: no, she's straight up telling you that she <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, as Sam's leaving, uh, Linnea stops her and gives her a word of warning, stating that Vishner will challenge her friends and if they fail, they won't get another chance. They gonna die. They'll basically be dead.
2: I have to say, I don't understand in some ways, like, and I wrote the same note down later in the episode. I don't get the rules here. Why would Vishnor challenge SG-1? What's the point? Let him be. Like, I don't understand the power structure. I don't get, like, later when Dan-
1: when Vishnor's like, Daniel, challenge me. It's like, I don't get, I don't understand the he rules. Might, <laughs> he might see some sort of, I mean, looking at Teal'c, I would get some sort of, you know, defensive overhand, possibly challenging me over my position if I was... The second in command.
2: Yeah, but then, like, Linnea took them under her protection, so why would Vishner...
1: Well, she didn't technically take SG-1 under her protection. She took Sam Sam. under her protection. Oh, I see. I see. So, therefore, her friends are fair game, which is why she put that exclaimer by them and said that Vishner might challenge them because he can. And then we cut back to the SGC. And we see Hammond walking through the, the hallway to get to the gate and then he's all decked out, ready to go. We get to the it gate videos, it's awesome. <laughs> I love it, it's awesome. <laughs> we get to the gate and he's talking to Colby. And basically, Kovacek is giving him advice. He's like, Hey, when you go through the gate, make sure you take a deep breath in. So when you get out of the, you know, get out of the wormhole, you exhale, you know, just basically giving him, giving him tips and tricks on how to get through the gate. I love
0: that little tidbit, which is kind of a throwaway, like this guy trying to coach someone through their first time, but because like that almost makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to go, like if you go through a wormhole, of course your first instinct on the other end is going to be, to like exhale, especially because they make it sound like a pressure Mm -hmm. thing. And so it's so smart to be like, okay, well, then you want to inhale before you go through so that then you have a breath to exhale when Uh you come out. I just, I don't know. I just liked that little detail of that. that These people have experience of how to make the crazy feeling of going through the wormhole a little more
1: manageable. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then Hammond eventually just goes, dude, just, let's just go through the gate. Let's just, let's just yeah. go. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure it out. <clears throat> and so then, you know, the scene ends. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Yeah, he says. I, lo- I love this. Things I do for these people.
2: Papa Hammond <laughs> coming in them. strong. He loves them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He does. I also like, sorry to go back for a second. I liked that Kovacek tells Hammond that the Taldor are, like, uh frankly they're xenophobic diplomatically <laughs> they're just like arrogant assholes but like i i like that it's like very frank like they're these xenophobic we got to go in with like guards up like
0: well and he says we need to be on time because punctuality yes. is very important to
1: them. <laughs> yes
2: and Hammond's like i'll show them punctuality <laughs> like hammond's coming in hot
1: but have his people
2: yeah, his people, people, not, not just his, his people, 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 but people. But his people, yeah.
1: people.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. one special.
1: Well, yeah, like that? his first kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just implying that people don't love their other kids. <laughs> <laughs> look, 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 look! I made I made that comment earlier. I'm just implying everything today. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, uh, <laughs> and then we cut back to the prison. And I'm not sure if I took bad notes here or not. This episode is so long. (laughs) (laughs) And like
2: nothing has happened. (laughs) I just nothing. nothing. (laughs) We're still
1: negotiating how we're gonna get out of the out of the fucking prison. So nothing's happened. So so I have that the gate starts back up again.
0: And as Daniel's kind of running through some gate address options. Yes. He's
1: ruled out Samaria and Chula. And so the gate comes back up, or starts back up again, and all of a sudden you see some prisoners start running towards the gate waiting for it to activate, and Daniel, of course being Daniel, has to get up and try and pull people away from the gate because they're going to die. And this one dude basically goes, or I don't remember what exactly he says, but uh, he basically pushes Daniel off and lets the gate consume like the whoosh. He gets crispy. crispy. like three or four yeah, of them. Yeah, there's a couple of yeah. them. Yeah. And then they're dead. Daniel gets up. Vishner is there. Vishner gets upset. um, Says that he challenged... Daniel challenged Vishner. By being there. (laughs) No. By
2: getting in his space. By
1: By upsetting their kind of beliefs, I think. I think so, too. by, By trying to stop them from doing what they wanted to do, basically. Yeah. And so then Daniel challenged Vishner... Daniel doesn't know he's challenged Vishner. <laughs> uh, and so he's his back is facing him, and Vishner picks him up in his vice grip. Because uh, apparently that's his only fighting move. Yeah. <laughs> <everybody
2: has. laughs> his go-to move.
1: I mean it works. It's very it's it's, it's I mean, effective. It's very effective. Mm-hmm. And then then Jack gets triple teamed with a knife, mm-hmm. and like two dudes are like holding him and he's getting attacked. And then Daniel started to get like you can see him like visibly getting strangled to death.
0: Yeah, he's getting choked
1: out. Yeah, he's getting (laughs) choked out. Jack's still trying to fight off the three men. Sam runs over to Linnea and is like, you can stop this. You know, stop this, basically. And Linnea's like, nope. Rules are rules, (laughs) she says. What are the rules? I don't understand the rules. That's my
0: one comment on this scene. Don't interrupt the suicide cult. (laughs) (laughs) So then...
2: But I feel like that's because we are SG-1. SG-1 doesn't know the rules. We don't know the rules. Yeah. There are rules. We just are not privy. We're on this ride with SG-1. We don't get the rules either. Mm-hmm.
1: So then Sam tries to get, like, there's like a circle. It's like a fight circle is also around yeah. people. Yeah. Sam tries to get through the fight circle. Cannot. Teal'c is nowhere to be seen. She starts yelling Teal'c's name. Teal'c is... Getting held back is—is is he? I thought he was wandering around the cage. He seemed to be wandering around a little
0: <laughs> no. bit. around the cage. Oh, I thought he was like on the outskirts of the circle and couldn't well, yeah, get through. Because then no. Sam runs over and is like, "Teal, you have to do something." <laughs> <laughs> and then of it's course. kind of
2: a—it's a chaos fight with not a lot of <laughs> like I don't know what's happening in it. <laughs> and,
1: and then Teal comes in and basically like you know comes in and pushes two dudes off Jack and Jack like does this like wild flip thing like like a twirl and like punches one in the face until it gets stabbed. Mm. And then Linnea does this little hand gesture with her little... she got a hand, hand device. device.
0: Some kind of hand device. Yeah. And it's yeah. not
1: a good old hand device though. It's interesting. Uh-huh. I don't understand how it works because it seemed to only work on Vishner so does it only work on people that she wants it to work on? Yeah, she seems to be able to target it. specifically. So, yeah. so she targeted it on Vishner and stopped... Vishner from killing Daniel
2: kills Vishner, kills She, him, yeah, she kills
1: Vishner, and then Daniel's laying on the ground. Sam runs over there, makes sure Daniel's still alive. It's shocker to, and, and no shocker to anyone. Daniel is still alive.
2: That barely is
1: but he's still still alive. Like it's, he
2: is still alive. Um,
1: and then basically he defeats Vishner.
2: Yeah. Which. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For so for the record, this is one of the times where Daniel intervenes. Where I totally get it like yes those dudes were just straight up go about to die and yeah. they didn't have to and
2: and it's like out of an ignorance thing too like they think this will save them and daniel knows for a fact it won't so he's if it's if it's like look he like well, i think he would do the same thing if he knew they were willingly killing themselves i think daniel would step in mm-hmm. and be like there's another way but this is like an extra one where it's like you don't know what you're doing yeah. <laughs> it's not
0: gonna do what you think it's gonna do yeah. So, so I, I don't fault Daniel on this one for, for getting involved. Me neither. I, I think I would have too. Yeah. So then we go to what I kept describing as the alien warehouse. It's just like a giant <laughs> empty room with the, like, abduction beam on it. Mm-hmm. And the, the Taldor are impressed because Hammond is punctual. Mm-hmm. And then he, he mentions that he wants them to release his people because he's responsible for them, and they're like, "Are you responsible? You're responsible." And the and Major Kovacek is like, "Uh, just you know, because he, <laughs> clearly, I don't know if he's like a lawyer. He has he must have some impo- like good diplomatic background. He's like, he is not accept like admitting responsibility, right. or guilt." And then Hammond's like, "Oh yes, I most certainly
2: am." <laughs> I love that Hammond just comes in like, like like Kovacek's like be diplomatic, like they're very like. Uh, literal and Hammond's like piss off like (laughs) I am the
0: I'm in charge here no diplomacy well and 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 also like this guy's trying to be like no you don't understand the and he's like no I am taking responsibility I ordered them to that planet and I will take their place oh man I love Papa Hammond so much he's like yep "I I will gladly take their place it was my responsibility and then the Taldor says basically, well, did you specifically tell them to walk on our ancient grounds and help a murderer? And, and Hammond's like, well, no. And they're like, you're not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> he tried.
2: He tried really hard.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he says, Hey, if you keep my people, I'm going to consider it a hostile act and, mm-hmm. and peaceful relations between our people are no longer going to be a-, a thing. And he tells them that their law is unjust yep I, I love it i love seeing hammond in badass general mode yes and just being like such a good leader he is legitimately willing to take the place of them and i think he truly does like he feels responsible because he sent them on the mission that got them put in prison for life mm-hmm. and just what a good dude he's a good yep dude. and he went through the stargate for them i know didn't have to. Mm-hmm. He sure didn't. So so then we go back to Hedante and Linnea is treating Daniel uh, from his injuries. Mm-hmm. And then the new guy, so because the Stargate, the whole thing that started this was a new prisoner getting dropped in, the new guy's name is Simeon and mm-hmm. he's blind. And yep. he was sent to Hedante for stealing food. He was and hungry. What? He, he was, was hungry. hungry. I know. And then... Linnea looks at his eyes and says, You haven't been like, he's not been blind his whole life. And he says, It came on slowly, like day by day. And then she's like, This is going to hurt. And she like, puts some drops in his eyes and just cures his blindness with a couple yep. of drops, which like, yep. what were those drops? Like <laughs> more
2: activators. It's
0: very it's kind of a Jesus vibe, honestly, of like, <laughs> he put some mud on your eyes and now you're going to be able to see. <laughs> Especially because then he's also not grateful, which is a common theme that happens in the and we have a reason for why he's not grateful but also <laughs> yeah. jesus frequently heals people and then they don't they're not grateful those assholes so yeah so he he's like in pain at first and then he like starts to open his eyes and he looks up at linnea who just cured him and freaks out and runs away yep and jack yep. and jack's like what and teal he does not seem grateful <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, did the reactions like uh, props to the dude who plays Simeon, whose name I don't remember? I could look it up, but I'm not going to. I guess I am. His name is Michael Putonin? Putonin? Don't know. But he does a great job to me. Like, I felt like he, he like cowered, mm-hmm. like d- textbooked coward in front of Linnea once he saw her and then just bolted. Yeah. I was very impressed.
0: Yeah. So, and, and now, so the thing is, ba- based on what we already know of Linnea, which is that she was sent to prison because a an experiment that she did went terribly wrong and killed thousands of people. You could maybe assume that that was even related to that. Like if you yeah. knew who this woman was, he would probably blame her for what had happened. And so, so we, but it all, it's still a little offsetting off putting of like, okay, why is this dude so afraid of her? yeah and so then suddenly like daniel sort of comes to he's recovered and he's just like p2a 509 And everyone's
1: <laughs> like,
0: say what now <laughs> and he's like that's that's where we need to go and we get this exchange that i like and this just came to you no this came to me while i was suffocating <laughs> <laughs> it's like i love that it's great it's so funny That's a good line. That's a good Daniel line. Yeah, Daniel doesn't get to be, like, the comic relief very often. That's refreshing. It's fun. Yeah, so he has realized that SG3 is going to... he. They've been told in their briefing that SG3 was going to P2A 509. And if they go there, then they can meet up with SG3 and use their GDOs to get back to the SGC, which is a wonderful plan. And good on Daniel for, like paying attention in the briefings and yes. remembering the planet and
1: remembering the address for the planet. Yes,
0: yes. Those briefings must have been
2: very thorough.
1: <laughs> I have a question, though, about how the Stargate works. Because Oh, boy. Because because my thinking of the Stargate, isn't there stellar drift between certain planets? Don't you have to know exactly, like, like don't you have to be, like, in a certain spot in order to dial certain planets? So, yeah. So...
0: Well, these ones are close, like Abydos and Earth.
1: Yeah, I want to say that, like, they
2: probably guess, okay, the first planet, the Tal'Dor planet we're on, we navigated to. The likelihood that the planet that we're on now is also fairly close, but no, it's a stretch.
0: Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Sam compensated for stellar drift in their computer programming to get them to these other planets. The DHDs do it automatically. We don't have a DHD here, so it's act- it's a very valid question. Yeah, so we're just going to have to assume that maybe that's something that Daniel was taking into consideration and that P2A-509 is also close enough to not be affected by stellar drift, similarly to Abydos and Earth. I have a follow-up question, and if if this is a dumb question, we can cut
2: this from the podcast. I thought you had to know what your point of origin was. How do you know what your point of origin is on a random planet Like, how do you know which of the symbols is your point of origin?
0: It would still be the novel one, the one that wasn't on others. So the Stargates always have the same symbols. So the Stargates and the DHE's always have the same symbols. Right. With one difference, which is the point of origin.
1: And so, like, like how the Earth one you have tattooed on your foot or on your ankle would be ours. So, like, like if we went to another planet, it could be, like, a horse. Right. So that one would be... So you
0: look at you look at the stargate and say that one isn't on our stargate so that's the point of origin. Yes.
2: I see. Got it. I'm there. You can do this from the podcast.
0: Thank you. it's <laughs> not a dumb question, Jess. It was a dumb <laughs> question. was not. <laughs> well, cuz no cuz usually they identify the point of origin on the DHD. But Right. It's a, it's like whatever they get stranded
2: or like they have to dial out from like a fo- like a totally like not just stranded but like like the situation where like they don't know where they are. They're just on a planet. It's like, how do you know? Like, you don't know where you're calling from. Like, it's like when you call for a tow, and they're like, where are you on the highway? And you're like, didn't look at any mile markers. Don't know there's no signs. I'm on a road.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's how they do it on all the planets they go to. Gotcha. So then it goes back to the gate because food is arriving. And we realized that so the food comes through. And then everyone kind of turns and look at Dan, looks at Daniel, and Teal points out that, hey, you killed the dude, in- the big dude in charge, or you killed him. Linnea mm-hmm. killed him, but they think that Daniel did, which is yeah. kind of a running theme here of Jack being like, Daniel, want to fight? And it's just really funny because <laughs> Daniel's like, I don't remember getting the upper yeah. hand. Yeah. So he's in charge now. So he goes over at- to grab the food, and everyone's all ready to start going. He's like, uh-uh-uh, them first, and he lets this one G1- <laughs> Take their food first. Uh, And then, so their plan had always... They'd they'd established their plan with Linnea was to... They were going to call out, dial out immediately after food was served. Because people would be distracted with their eating. Yeah. So after everybody scampers off to eat their food, uh, they start wrapping the vines around the Stargate. How
2: does that work?
0: Okay, so... Here's so we know that the stargate is itself a superconductor, right? Okay, yep. And the idea is that you have to in the past when this has happened it's like it's like clamped in place and you have yeah. to apply enough energy to it to basically open up the clamps cuz base cuz what Sam says earlier is that we need enough power to power up the superconductor or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. it seems like once you have enough power put into the Stargate, then it unlocks and you can dial it manually. Mm-hmm. So presumably, all they have to do is get the energy from these vines directly into the superconductor because it conducts uh-huh. itself. There's a little bit of a problem of this. We don't know like what type of power it requires. Like not all power is equal. If we're actually talking about cold fusion, this isn't giving off electricity. Right. It's giving off. I like, would sort of functionally be heat right energy yeah it's 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 energy but it's it's mostly heat and uh and so now it's a super con- heat maybe heating it up is all it needs look there's a bundle of root wrapped around the
2: stargate and then like, and then, like a, a nest. little nest
0: <laughs> but like <laughs> and then it's like a couple drops of yes! whatever these activators are yes how <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous looking as they're and, like, like wrapping me- it around and amanda tapping it and you can tell it's not like they told her exactly where to wrap it. She's just, like, willy-nilly wrapping vine mm-hmm. around the Stargate.
2: Yeah, it's not good. Uh, I wish, yeah, it just is very conveniently root that's placed by the Stargate. Did they prepare that? Like, th- we kind of missed some exposition, but okay, sure. These magical roots wrapped around the Stargate. Sure.
0: Here's the thing, is I would give it to them and just be like, okay, like, it gives enough energy into the Stargate to to let it go off. Except that early in the episode... Sam had basically stated that she that because she said something like it's not like plugging in a like this. We're working with different types of power. She had uh, alluded to the fact that you can't just like plug in the Stargate. And when you're talking about this root stuff and what the Stargate needs, there's different. And so Mm -hmm. she had sort of alluded to, no, it's not as simple as just the power from the root goes directly into the into the Stargate. And yet that's exactly what they end up doing. It's and just, then, like, that's the big solution Sam had to come up with, was just wrapping the vines around with the Stargate.
2: <laughs> and then, like, do we see them, like, manually dial? Nope. nope like,
0: nope. it just
2: appears as so, they go through. I was expecting them to see, like, Teal jumping up to, like, spin, uh, yeah, hold on, so, and, like, we don't
1: like, see Will any of that. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I was thinking about this as y'all were talking earlier about wrapping vines around or whatever. What if they preemptively before dinner started, already had the gate dialed. So, like, what if they had already gotten all the chevrons in place and all they needed to do was wrap the vine around it to make it work?
0: But you can't move. You can't dial it until it's power. It needs like, energy. It oh. and also. Oh, that's fair.
2: Mm. Well, and also, like, the whole point of them doing it this way and now was to not draw attention. And I feel like if they were doing it, like... Without a distraction, they'd be like, hey guys, what you doing over there by the Stargate? Like, you can turn it?
1: What? <laughs> you know what? It was probably already magically on P three, whatever the planet's P- name is.
2: P two A five oh nine. But
1: the but
0: the Stargate is like a rotary phone. Yeah. I know. So, <laughs> so it's like so it's like take and there's seven symbols you have to do. This is gonna take like even, take if, time. Da- it, even if Daniel picked the best one and it's only like uh, they only two have to clicks. move like two or four, two to, I mean, you're still going to have to move at least like seven because there's seven different symbols.
2: Hedante is a magical place. Uh, <laughs> Linnea is a witch. Uh, <laughs> it all, it all worked out, but it was the biggest pile of Foolie I've seen on Stargate well, in be- a long time. Because
0: what happens is we watch them put the things on and then they light up and the start, you hear the Stargate power up, like the sound it makes when it's about to start moving. So it's like uh-huh. And then we cut to, the other prisoners eating their food Mm -hmm. and you can hear them hearing that noise, which we know they're familiar with. Yes. And then we go to, is it Simeon or the weasel? Simeon Simeon, sees, Simeon is like sneaking and he sees it. But so, so what happened? And then it just comes back and the gate is dialed. Yeah. And, and it's like, it would at least take at best, even if Tealc had like practiced it and knew exactly which way to go and Jack's helping and whatever. It would take a a minute. I mean, it takes a while for them to do it with machines turning it for them. Yeah, yeah. And so, but no, then they, so even after it's powered on, they have, they're quick enough with dialing it that, that by the time that anyone comes to check it out, it's already, the gate's already open. Yeah. It's, it's
2: not good. It's not the finest hour of Stargate writing.
0: Yeah. So Simeon's watching, They he sees them all go through the Stargate with Linnea, and then Weasel guy shows up, and he's like, escape! And so everyone comes running, Simeon runs, and he jumps through the Stargate before it dissolves. Everyone else runs up there, but they're too late. Yep. So Simeon has hitched a ride through the Stargate with them. Yep. But then we just go to the SGC, where Hammond walks in to greet them. (laughs) Yep. So, hey,
2: guys! What's up? Yeah! Hey, it who's your like, new what? friend?
0: Hey! So, And they explained to him, hey, we went to P2A 509, we met up with SGC, SG3, Major Warren gave us a transmitter, we came through, it's all good. They introduced him to Linnea. They leave out that apparently they didn't notice the dude stumbling out of the gate behind them <laughs> yeah. on P2A yeah. 509. He couldn't yeah. have been that far behind them. Nope. They didn't notice him. They were no. busy looking for SG-3.
2: And then not only did he hitch a ride to P2, P2A509? No, I guess he didn't. Yeah. Then he, he hitched a ride. No, no, right they now. found him. They no. found him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, they Also, I like that Hammond kind of yells at SG-1 here. Like, he's kind of like a terse, like how the hell did you get here? Like, I was fighting for you on, I don't to give myself up. And like, you're standing in front of me. Like how, what is happening? Like, he's like such an angry dad, like catching someone like coming home after curfew. And like, he was worried, but they arrived safely.
0: It reminds me of when I got in trouble for walking home after soccer practice, not knowing that there was like a, a creepy sexual offender out on the loose that day. And I got home and nobody was there. Cause like, I walked home for practice because nobody showed up to pick me up and and so I was like whatever I'll walk home so I walked home and then finally my sister comes in and she's like where have you <laughs> honestly, nobody picked me up from soccer so i walked home and she's like we've all been out looking for you there's like this predator on the loose and i was like whoa i didn't see him but i'm glad you guys I didn't forgot to pick me up for practice on a day there's a predator on the loose why am i getting yelled at
2: yes this is exactly like that it
0: feels like one of those things where it's like yelling at the person because you were worried and trying yeah. to save them
1: yeah Mm, but they some, figured out their own way home. Sounds like an, SVU episode, so an SVU episode I watched earlier today. Oh.
2: Mm. It all comes back to SVU. It does.
1: <laughs> all of it comes back to SVU. <laughs>
0: yeah, so they introduce Linnea to Hammond, and Hammond is his normal, actually, he's like, he's usually really good about greeting new people. And she's awestruck by the SGC and this planet, and Teal'c relates to that mm, mm-hmm. feeling. It's It's actually pretty sweet.
2: Yeah. I like that Tilt calls Earth home.
0: I, every time he does that, I get all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. And then Linnea kind of turns to Carter and is like, Hey, if I told you and like showed you the basics that make up my activators, would you be able to fabricate it? And Carter's eyes like light up <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, cool.
2: <laughs> also, Sam techno babbles to hammond and hammond's just like not having he it has like, time for that. <laughs> is like like i think it's sam explaining like how linnea got them home like charging up the stargate and Hammond's like yeah 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 anyway <laughs> <laughs> poor sam she just wants to geek out maybe that's why she like drew herself to linnea like oh finally
0: yeah she's, she's excited she's a yeah. little buddy yeah so then so sam goes off to in the in the lab Which is where she... Sorry, they were in the lab while they had that conversation. And Carter is showing Linnea the computers. And this seems to be the first time Linnea has ever seen a Mm -hmm. computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know exactly what the technology of her people was like. Because they had the technology to, like, abduct people.
2: No, I think it is the first time. Because she's like, you're saying that these machines can store, like, large amounts of data. Like, the way that she's talking about computers to me, totally indicates this is her first time seeing a computer.
0: Yeah. We can talk about as we get to the later points of the episode. It seems to be the first time Linnea has seen computers. She's excited that Carter might be able to fabricate the the activators. Oh, also, Linnea, like, to further ingratiate herself, too, Linnea, when, when Hammond's like, hey, I need you guys to all go get your medical checks, and he apologizes to Linnea, she's like, I totally understand. I would do the same thing. Yeah, and, Which is nice, and it's refreshing because so many times people get upset, and she's like, no, that totally makes sense. And so it's like she's making herself seem pretty trustworthy. She brought SG-1 back. Yes. So there's a small amount of maybe being willing to trust her. But so so then we go to the briefing room and SG-3 walks in with and they're actually having a conversation in the briefing room where Jack is like, and Daniel want (laughs) to (laughs) fight. Yeah, you won't believe it, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And then SG-3 walks in with Simeon and they're like, oh, hey, this is the guy that who's but was blind and she healed him and and sg3 is like yeah we brought him because he had something interesting to say and he says first thing i see destroyer of worlds mm-hmm. and so he says uh, uh, so when he says that jack and and daniel are like oh yeah we heard that she accidentally made this plague way worse and he goes she didn't she wasn't trying to help. She created the sickness that killed everybody. Mm-hmm. And so then we go back to
2: not to like bring it back to Xena again, but Xena's nickname is the destroyer of nations. Uh-huh. And here we have the destroyer. I'm just saying I feel some Xena vibes in this episode. Yeah. This week.
0: I'm going to come back to the destroyer of world thing, world's things thing later. Okay. So then go back to the lab and Linnea is very overly curious about the star from That's this what? moment, because she should be all excited about, ooh, we're gonna make my activators and she's like, ooh, what about the stargate and how do you go to other planets and how many planets can you go to? And Sam is Way too forthcoming with this information. She's like, oh, there's Sam. hundreds of places, thousands of places you can go, and they're all habitable. It's so great, you'll be able to live on any of them, and all of the addresses are just right on this computer right here.
2: We've only traveled to a few of them, or a fraction of them,
1: but there's hundreds. Yeah, and and like, but apparently she has like a photographic memory because of the fact that she was like that, uh, the quickness she was interpreting everything on that computer screen. Is insane. Well, yeah. we don't
0: know how much time she has after she knocks out Sam and the Sam. lab tech who had a line. She, there was a yeah. female, like, doctor, scientist person with a who had a line. And Linnea knocks him out with her hand device.
2: Can we talk about Amanda I Tapping's decision to do the world's widest surprised eyes <laughs> in the entire <laughs> history of acting? <laughs> when Linnea pulls that hand device out, I've never seen someone's, like... It was, like, almost comic. Her eyes went so wide, and that, like, look of betrayal, I was like,
0: Ooh, all right. I didn't particularly oh. notice it. I was oh, still I mean, so upset at Sam for just being like, here's all our Stargate information.
2: Yes. And Linnea being like, wow, hundreds of worlds, you say? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of worlds to visit.
0: <laughs> well, and but so before she knocks her out, Linnea does express her appreciation to Sam.
2: Uh-huh. And then knocks Oof, her out. which is a... A real dagger to the heart for Sam later to deal with guilt-wise. Like,
0: yeah. mm. yep. And so she knocks Sam and the lab tech out. We go back to the briefing room. We don't know how much time Linnea has mm-hmm. in the lab with the computers, but Simeon is talking about more about Linnea's biological warfare. Is basically what it is. She created this, according to Simeon, she created this disease that she was immune to, that wouldn't kill her, and killed, like, 50% of the people, and then she came and said she would help, and also then, like, made it worse. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's interesting that, so Linnea's, like, had told them, she'd already told them that she was responsible for killing thousands of people with the disease. This guy shows up and says, oh, she's the destroyer of worlds, she made the disease, she killed us all. I do think it's a little interesting that we automatically assume that he is not even that it's not necessarily that he would be lying, but that he could have been misinformed about the exact circumstances of what had happened.
2: Yeah. I almost wonder if like Jack pieces it together with like his reaction to her and maybe a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a good point though. It's kind of like that whole, like we're in here for jaywalking. It's like interpreting a action as a crime or is it like, an and innocent, like, bystander kind of thing. Well,
0: because I also think it's interesting, and I actually mentioned this to you guys the first time I watched this, is, like, it's interesting to me because they draw a comparison. By ha- by calling her Destroyer of Worlds, I have to think they're drawing a comparison to Oppenheimer, who famously mm-hmm. quoted, which is, it's actually a line from the Hindu, what's the Hindu cr- scripture called? The Bhagavad Gita? Okay. It's, <laughs> so, but it's a Hindu scripture that Oppenheimer famously said after The first test for the atomic bomb. And he said, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. And so for Americans, like you you have to assume that they're trying to draw a comparison to Oppenheimer because he's like most famously. That's the reason we know that quote, like Americans don't read scripture. Like sure. Don't we know it because of Oppenheimer, which would be an interesting comparison to draw. Because he created, he was in charge of the Manhattan Project. He created the atomic bomb, clearly felt some amount of responsibility and regret for it, for the lives that it was going to, to cost. But it was like, I mean, most people look at the members of the Manhattan Project as American heroes. Like, right. because of them, we were able to end Pacific Theater with fewer deaths than there would have been if we'd had to have a land invasion of Japan, which would have been devastating for both. Like that's a whole other ar- historical argument. But like
2: not so much heroes, maybe to like the members of Hiroshima and Iwo Jima. Like, I
0: don't know. Right. <laughs> but, but they were scientists who were trying to, to help their country basically. And so, mm. yeah, so we might consider them heroes, people in other places in the world might consider right. them horrible villains. Is there a chance that, she's actually that type of character that she was asked by some kind of governing body to create a biological weapon and she succeeded in it. And a lot of people died and may like, I, I just think it's interesting. I wish we would get, because when they do bring Linnea back, it's terrible, terrible, but, but I do, they kind of set it up as maybe this is a woman who has layers and she has her regrets and the terrible things she's done. But maybe she's not just, like, a straight-up genocidal maniac. Maybe she's a a scientist who was trying to help her. I personally didn't get that vibe because I feel like
2: she... I got more, like, an Angel of Death vibe off of her where it's, like, I'm doing this to help you. But, like, it's for my own reasons and... But regardless, I, I mean, we are not satisfied with the characters that we do get. We get hints of layers here I wish that gets explored more. It doesn't. I don't know if I ever see her because we don't really get enough of an outsider perspective of someone who was like part of her initial experiments to get a more like robust and full-bodied, like, is she a wine? Um, uh, uh, (laughs) I don't know why I said robust and full-bodied. Like she was like a Cabernet. (laughs) (laughs) um but we don't really get to see like a good well-rounded picture of her so like maybe she is like what you just said maybe she is like a version of that but like without any of the like benefit of the doubt like we'll never know and they fucked us over by not giving us a good follow-up episode which by the way in the um illustrated guide they literally say um with linnea with linnea in particular our people screwed up and we let her get her way uh, we let her get away, and she will show up again in some form or other. But in order to keep the mystery, we didn't want to be unrealistic and have the team find her in the very next episode, because if she can hide from every species, including the Goa'uld, she can outwit our guys for a time. She got away with some pretty nasty stuff, but we will find her. And that Prisoners was an opportunity to show that our guys don't always get it right.
0: Uh, Interesting. So, yeah. So, I, I mean, I think on the whole what we've seen of her like she's manipulative and she gets people under her thumb like probably she's not a good person i mean she killed vishner because it brought her one step closer to like empowering sg1 and getting him out of the way and getting them off the planet right but i mean killing someone to escape a life in prison doesn't necessarily mean you're like a horrible homicidal maniac like a lot of people might no it's like a symptom of like a bigger picture it's it's a yeah it plays into the bigger picture of her probably not being a good person. So so I, I agree. I'd be- I just think it's an interesting comparison to draw by calling her Destroyer of Worlds. I would be interested
2: if anyone else listening, like, felt the same, like, thought that maybe she was being painted in a different way. Like, maybe she is. Maybe
0: there's another side to the story. Yeah. I struggle to see it. But
2: if you see it, let us know. <laughs>
0: As, as we're getting that information, then we go back to the lab. Linnea is looking at Stargate addresses on the computer. And then we go back to the hall where the Stargate is activating. They run into the control room and they're like, Hey, shut it down. And the woman on the, the, on the computer is like, I can't shut it down. And he's like, Okay, we'll open the doors. So everybody go stop her. And they're like, we can't open the doors. They're shut down. It's locked out. Mm hmm. And like there's a self-destruct has been set like all hell is breaking loose. Yep. And then so the gate just keeps dialing. Sam comes in and she sits down and she can't figure it out. She's like, I was she I think she does say she's like, I don't think I was out that long. Yeah. And then and then the final the gate locks and then the screen comes up and you see Linnea walking through the stargate. And as the stru- self destruct is counting down, and Hammond and, and the Colonel are frantically trying to like put in the manual override code for the self destruct, it's not working. And then it's it's still counting down, and then it gets to zero, and nothing happens. And then I can't remember the order of this. It seemed like then did the message come through before or after everything shut down? Because because then because the, Hammond is like, I think it was. At, I think it's after because the screen is like black and then it pops
2: up as white and it's like that text that comes across. Yes.
0: So then Hammond is like, okay, well, dial that address. She went, just went through to, and we're going to go after her, which is the sensible, this thing to do, especially now Uh that the self-destruct stopped. And, and so they go to start doing that and then everything shuts down. Yep. Like all the lights are off. All the power is out. And then. They get a little message pops up on the screen that's like, it's to Sam, right? It's like, Sam, mm-hmm. thanks, thanks for your help or whatever.
2: Yeah. It's just like, thank you. And like our, we're now even. Basically, yeah. The debts. debts have been paid. We're, debts
0: have been paid. And so that whoopsies. Whoop, whoops. <laughs> so yeah. So then we can also discuss how Linnea, who seemingly had never seen a computer before, was able to, in a couple minutes, Like, dial, set the Stargate to dial. What? Oh, I was going to say, it could be, like, we
2: have seen her manipulate us the whole episode, so maybe she was putting it on for Sam and was like, oh, wow, you can store all this data here? What are these shiny boxes? Yeah. Ooh. And then secretly, she's, like, a computer whiz who's seen, like, the 700th iteration of a computer and is, like, oh, you puny humans, you don't even know. Like, you're not even worth my time. That's what
1: I assumed. Mel? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I assumed. I just... She seems like a very intelligent person. Yeah. In general. So I feel like she might be able to also just pick up on things fairly quickly. I mean, a, com- a computer isn't... What? I was gonna, I'll give her that up until the point that she, like,
2: locks everyone out of all the programming, sets a self-destruct that doesn't really self-destruct, shuts the entire SGC... Like, Carter had some hand in the I coding mean, and like programming mean. here.
1: I mean, but did you forget last episode where where we only have one dude standing at the at the hand palm print thing? So, That's I mean, true. You know.
2: We've got so, this is I like pre security measures. I, think security I guess security measures here <laughs> are <not the> <laughs> 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 Yeah, and then like there's like that kind of like isn't that the like closing line where it's like destroyer of worlds and we just like let her go? <laughs> We're like she's yeah. back out in the world. Da da da.
0: Yep. Good job. And then we'll
2: never have it paid off ever again. She'll come
0: back and it'll be even less satisfying.
2: <laughs> For an inconveniently timed booty call.
0: Oh, gosh. It is. It's so bad. It's an inappropriate, we're, we're not ill-timed episode right now. All right. We, we're talking
2: about just this episode. Oh, it's okay. so bad. The next one's so bad. It's, it's bad. Not the next one. Uh, This is the next Linnea episode. Yeah. Uh, let's read it. Go, Mel. All
1: right. Uh I gave it like a I gave it a three and a half. It's not great. It's actually like on the lower end of like okay, mm hmm I felt like the writing was spotty. There's lots of potholes. there's lots of characters that seem to be out of character in this episode. cough sam um oh, yeah <laughs> I mean this episode didn't really go anywhere. We were in the prison for forever. There wasn't a payoff. It just well, it was.
0: It's, like, the whole premise like, of the episode is an escape, and it's, like, a pretty pain. Right. Like, they power up the gate, and then they leave. Like, there's yeah. no... Yeah. There's not that much difficulty for them to overcome towards it. There's not, like, a final fight to get, get out of there. It just goes so smoothly, which is, like, I guess a refreshing change of pace, but then it's, like, what happened?
2: Yeah. And, like, the twist of, like, Linnea actually being the bad guy and betraying them was a little telegraph, so you're not, like even shocked or surprised at the end, so you're just like, all right.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. they went to prison, okay. they came back.
2: Well, it wasn't satisfying.
1: Him. I mean, like I said, it's just, it's an okay episode. It's not terrible. I mean, like, I'm not going to put it in, like, "Broken Divide terrible or, like, you
2: know.
0: <laughs> emancipation, emancipation
1: terrible. Emancipation terrible. Um, so, I give, I give it a solid three and a half because it's okay. I'm not going to watch yeah. it. I only watched it again because of this podcast. Um, yeah. Um, And Jack's fingers. Otherwise, I'm done. I'm out. I'll move on.
0: Chels? I I think i give this a two and a half.
1: Whoa. Yeah, I just...
0: And
2: I don't... What's the lowest you've rated? Do you remember what the lowest you've given is? I'm
0: certain I gave Emancipation a one. I I think I tried (laughs) to give it a zero, right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is Emancipation our lowest? We have to go back and...
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah.
1: I generally write it in my notes, but I don't think I've written it down lately. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just say even, it. I'm going to go through Sorry, and write down our, our
0: previous ones.
1: So, yeah.
0: So, two and a half. I, I I feel like the first time I watched this episode, I liked it a, a, a lot more than the second time. And then the second time, I, I just did not like it. Like, because the, all the things we said, like, Carter... Being really pretty dumb and mm-hmm. easily manipulated. And the fact that truly, like, normally a, your team being trapped in prison, it's like this oh, they're gonna have to come up with an elaborate pra- plot to escape. You're, you're thinking, like, great escape or escape from Alcatraz. Like, this is gonna be a cool thing. And instead, it's just like, oh, we need power and we need to figure out where to dial. And then they do those two things and it works perfectly, and they escape. Which, again, maybe it should have seemed a refreshing change of pace that SG-1 didn't have everything go terribly wrong. But it's also like, what's the point of doing a prison escape episode if you're not going to make it, like, Exciting, Yeah. yeah. And so I just, I don't enjoy it. I think there's a lot of weird plot stuff. I think... Ugh. Yeah, I just, it go, it kind of goes nowhere. And then it's rushed at the, you have like 40 minutes of nothing. Like they're just yep. in the prison doing nothing. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh, and now we're going to pack all of this into the last minute and a half yep. of the episode. And it's like, we could have drawn out the her manipulating the team and maybe given her a little more time in the SGC to get in, to make it make more sense that she could have that thoroughly infiltrated their systems. Mm-hmm. And and spent less time on the prison in the, on the prison planet. And yep. so it's just, I think maybe if the, if the next time we saw Linnea, it paid off better. I retroactively would like this one better, but then, but even just on its own. So on its own, it's, it's a two and a half.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm going to put it in like the three category for me. Cause I think there's enough there that I like, like I like the hints at like Jack's past. I like some of the, I really like Linnea as a character. Like, I want to know as much about her. I find her incredibly intriguing. I Like you. we have said multiple times, I wish her return had a bigger payoff. Because I find her to be so compelling in this episode. I think they really mismanaged the story that they had. We spent so much time wandering the prison. Like, if we think about, like, wasted screen time. Like, the weasel guy offering Sam the dead body and the necklace and, like,
0: He's a completely unnecessary character.
2: Completely unnecessary. Like you've already, well, you could have used Vishnor alone as like your prison archetype, established there were rules. We didn't need this weasel character who also had no payoff. They didn't, he didn't betray SG1. He didn't get kawush crispied. Like he just was there. Like he alerted the, the prisoners that there was an escape, but then there was no consequence they for didn't that, stop right? Him. Yeah. Right. And then like, if anything, like why? Why did we invent another Like we brought Simeon in, in the last five minutes. So we can be like, Oh great. He can out Linnea as the bad guy. Why not give it to weasel? Who's like, I've actually been terrified of Linnea. That's why she's not in my, I'm not protected by Linnea. She's been trying to kill me. I know some, like it's bad. It's bad writing. Sorry. Uh, And (laughs) sorry, it is bad. I'm sorry. But it's not just the writing too. Like why? It's like bad use of screen time, which is what makes it frustrating. And I think anytime, like I had to check the timestamp twice on the episode. I was like, when is this over? Like nothing has happened. It's gone on forever. I would like to go to something else. So yeah, it's, but I'm giving it a three because there are like, there's like potential and like some good moments. So
0: you're right. The, like, some of those quotes are good. The one power and getting knowledge. And you're right. Linnea was an interesting character. She
2: yep. was. We can't talk about the second episode yet. But boy, boy will be. Air medal award.
0: No one. <laughs> Carl Warren.
2: Papa Hammond. <laughs> Papa Hammond. Papa, Papa Hammond. Papa Hammond. Also, we never got any, like, resolution with the Taldor. Like... Yeah. Do <laughs> we go animals. back? Do we go back and be like, suck it? Like, what do we... Uh, okay, God, I don't. I think going back
1: to that point would be a terrible idea. So no, I don't think
2: that. <laughs> also, the Taldor. I guess they just never check their prisons. I guess they just assume it's inescapable. So no I win. mean, I would
1: assume so. I mean, yeah,
2: you
1: yeah. can't really escape anywhere unless you have those magical vines that can. Stop. Yeah. Oh
2: God, bad. bad, 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 bad. <laughs> okay, so uh, Papa Ham gets our air medal award next week. We are talking about one of my favorite episodes, The Gamekeeper which I'm very excited about. I'm not going to bother giving out our personal Twitters and Tumblers anymore. Go listen to one of the Any 25 episodes we already published. Or just DM us, tweet us, whatever, uh, on Twitter at Chevron's Lock 7 Or you can email us at Lock 7 at gmail.com.
0: Yeah. I, I was, I was going to add that we, I, we kind of failed to in our last episode acknowledge that there is a global oh, pandemic going on. Yeah. And so <laughs> we just want to, like send everyone our best wishes yeah hope that this podcast might be something that you can do with some of your trapped inside time
2: yeah but
0: not with children nearby
2: or at least we're or with headphones headphones
0: mm-hmm.
2: mommy yeah. what does she mean by she <laughs> can eat anything oh my god why are they laughing Is it about bananas?
1: (laughs) Yes, it's about bananas. In a certain point of view. (laughs) Yes,
2: yes. Yeah, I think that, like, it's really hard. I think... We don't want to sound like we know what we're talking about by any means because we don't. You know, people have said it far more eloquently than we have that there's a lot of weird shit going on in the world right now and it's kind of a scary time. And this has been a kind of a weird, not like blessing in disguise because that sounds really flippant, but like it's definitely brought me back to Stargate a little bit. Like I feel more connected to the fandom a little more. I feel like life has slowed down to a grinding halt and I have time to like, Watch episodes and like engage with thick again, and like talk to you guys more about Stargate. So it's been a good place to be is in the Stargate fandom right now.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and just I hope everyone's doing all right. And I just wanted to know let you know that we all share in the thought that well,
1: this sucks. <laughs>
0: We'll let Jacqueline uh,
2: close this out.
1: Yeah.
0: While you guys do that, can I just mentioned I talked to my mother-in-law today. Yes. And she asked me how to watch how to listen to my podcast. And I was like, oh, that's super sweet. I don't think you should listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs>